Welcome everyone to the Kingdom REI Podcast. This is your host, Ellis Hammond, founder of the Kingdom REI Mastermind. And this is the podcast show to help you as a kingdom-driven entrepreneur, business leader, investor, really think about how to use those vehicles, your business, your capital, for the advancement of God's kingdom. And we could not have a better guest on today to really help us think intentionally about our investing. Um, he is a an advisor, owner, business owner, and man of God, Mr. Jared Williams. Welcome to the show, brother. Yeah, Ellis, thanks so much for having me. I'm uh, really excited to, to chat with you today. Yeah, I know. We've been going back and forth for a long time and, and talking about <laughs> all kinds of things, man. So it's about time we got you on here. Excited to get you introduced to our audience. Is, is That's our right. Friendship, man. So tell tell us a little bit about kind of like, first, where, where are you at in the world? Where do you live? Yeah. And then we want to hear what you're working on right now. Yeah. So, so I'm in Tennessee, uh, uh, Johnson city, Tennessee, the way Northeast tip of it, uh, featured in wagon wheel. That's what people bring that up all the time when they hear where I'm at. Like, Oh yeah. I heard that in that song. That was the um, first song that I ever learned on the guitar. And I remember playing oh. it on zoom. Maybe it was zoom. Maybe it was like Skype or like yeah. <laughs> Facebook something back then. I was like my girlfriend trying to impress her that, Hey, I learned how to play the guitar. Here's my song. Yeah. <laughs> it's like four that, chords. That's our, that's our name to fame or yeah, yeah, I guess that's right. That's the right phrase. Anyway, that's, that's where I'm from. Um, so yeah, I'm the CEO of, of biblical wealth solutions, uh, which is a Christian financial advisory firm. We, we do some things a little differently and we're sure we'll get into that today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm also the host of the biblical wealth podcast. Yeah. I love it. Is our episode live yet? No, that actually, uh, so Ellis and I recorded a, a conversation recently for another podcast uh, that will probably be named Building Biblical Families. I haven't 100% named that one yet, so, yeah. so we'll see. So you can search that, or I'm sure there'll be a way to find me, uh, find that in case I change the name, but hopefully <laughs> Building Biblical Families uh, will have Ellis on, on there as well. Awesome. awesome. Well, excited to, to get into all this today. Jared, let me, uh, if you don't mind me, let me just pray for us. Now it's got to bless yeah. us now. God, again, we give this time up to you, this 30, 45 minutes, however long we have. Uh, we give this to you when we pray that this um, this topic of biblical wealth and trying to build wealth in a way that is intentional um, in, in the way that we steward our capital to advance your kingdom would help us, would encourage us, would challenge us, would put us on the right path. Um, and more importantly, God, would make your name made, uh, made great in all that we do. It's in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Um, Jared, so let's, I want to talk about, let's, let's go back a little bit before we get into, because we're going to get some good stuff. We're going to talk to advisors today about how they can begin to think differently about the way they advise their clients from a faith perspective. We're also going to talk about investors, right? Folks who are investing their capital and maybe how some principles or things they can think through about how to move from passivity to really intentionality and around that they invest. But I want to get into your story a little bit, like back us back up a little bit and talk about where this came from, this idea of creating biblical wealth solutions, because yeah. I just, again, most folks when think about advising, you got Northwestern, you got these big companies, and that's kind of the track. So how did you get started with this? Yeah, so it's a, it's a fairly long story. So you're welcome to like cut me off or, or speed it up if, <laughs> it if you want to. It won't be long today, okay? So. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so like most financial advisors, I think that was never the plan. You know, most of us are here by accident or uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly here by Providence, but uh, the, the goal originally was to be a, a career missionary. You know, that was my career goal when I was in college. Um, I studied social work in college because you learn how to help people. It's really broad. You can kind of use it as a platform anywhere in the world. And um, so, so, you know, that was the plan. And uh, but my wife graduated a couple of years after I did. We, we were married while she was still in school. And I promise I know I'm starting way back, but I can do this pretty quickly. Um, 
you know, we, we didn't want to, I didn't want to go into seminary and take on that to, you know, kind of follow that path that I thought you had to take to become a career missionary. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a couple of years into marriage, you know, we we're uh, pregnant with my oldest and uh, we knew we wanted her to be able to stay home and, and eventually homeschool. And we heard from a lot of people, it's easier to learn to live on one income than to learn to live on two and then go back to one. That That's hard to do. So, um, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be able to just yeah, we weren't going to be able to afford a growing family on a social work level income. And so I was praying about, you know, what to do about that, you know, what God wanted. And uh, a friend of mine called me up randomly and, and introduced me to this company that, that sells term life insurance. And then, you know, later on, if you do good enough, they let you sell mutual funds, you get those licenses. And he was like, hey, I know you're really into financial stuff and you read all these books and basically saying you're a big nerd. So I'm curious to hear your opinion on this. So I you know, did my research on the company and, um, you know, uh, agree with everything that, that they said at, at the time. And so I called him back. I was like, yeah, you should join. And I'll actually join a bunch of you because I could use some additional income at this point and, you know, looking some, for some potential change. And so I spent a few years, you know, with that company and it was a multi-level marketing, you know, direct sales type of place, which was not so ubiquitous back then. Like that was the first one of those I'd ever heard of. And um, so, you know, it was a great learning experience. Uh, definitely not a long-term career path for me. Uh, I spent a few years doing um, home and auto and, and primarily business insurance. And so had a, you know, a good diverse background in finance. And, and I had been encouraged several times to get into investing, you know, to help people with their IRAs and 401ks. And I didn't want the responsibility. Honestly, I was like, I'm terrified of <clears throat> being, you know, somewhat responsible for someone's, you know, nest egg, their life savings. And I was like, I'm, I'm not interested in that. I'm happy to sell, you know, these kind of lower, you know, lower level insurance products. But I was nervous about that. And, uh, and it wasn't until, you know, several years into the finance that I, I met a guy at our church's Christmas party and we were having the, what do you do? What do you do conversation? And um, he shared with me that, you know, about 15 years ago at that point in time, he had, um, you know, had a vision from the Lord really of, of creating what is now a mutual fund company that focused on what he called biblically responsible investing. And that was, a, that was a new term for me. And he explained that very simply they created funds that screened out companies that supported or even profited from unbiblical activities, things like abortion, pornography, addiction, you know, stuff that as, as a believer, as a steward of God's money, you know, we, we know he wouldn't want to be profiting from that. Wouldn't want us to be profiting from that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that was really, that led to multiple conversations and I went and met with him and his partners and they ended up introducing to me to a firm called Christian Wealth Management, which is, They've evolved too, so that's not really a, a firm any longer. Um, but I ended up working with them. And that was what it took to get me into the investing world was, okay, I'm, I'm passionate about this. And, and as I started meeting with clients and you know talking with friends and family, because that's how you get started in that business, right. um, I, I found that just lots of people needed a lot more help than I realized. And, and instead of being afraid to help them, I was eager and, and excited and passionate about helping people because I did have more knowledge than I, than I thought I did. Um, where the, the biblically responsible investing piece came from. And, and then it was several years into that, that I started finding some significant problems with, you know, what I call the typical financial approach that most people are following. Um, problems that leave them unprotected, problems that cause them to lose uh, significant wealth. I mean, most families, if they follow the typical approach, which I imagine a lot of your listeners aren't doing or are interested in not doing anyway, but for families who were, you know, they're, they're positioned to lose, you know, over 50% of what they could have had in, you know, retirement savings over the course of their lifetime, or really, I mean, over 30 years, it's worse if you take it out on over their lifetime. And so 
I wanted to find solutions to that problem. I knew that what I was advising people to do was the best that I knew, but it had big issues. Um, and so it was then that I began learning more about non-Wall Street investments, you know, about real estate and other types of off-Wall Street assets and seeing how that uh, could really solve a lot of the problems that I was finding with the typical approach. Um, and honestly, was much easier to understand from a biblical responsibility standpoint. And so we were able to, you know, invest not only for better profit and, you know, better financial gain, but it was easier to be biblically responsible. And we were having a direct impact on the lives of people that, you know, through these investments. And that was a big deal to me. Um, so anyway, all of that, eventually there, there wasn't anywhere I could go where I was doing biblical investing and non-Wall Street investing. I was like, I'm gonna have to just do this myself. And so that wow. was where biblical wealth solutions came from. So are you making the point that you're saying Wall Street does not, not only does not have our best interest in mind, but it also doesn't have Christ's interest in mind. You can't be saying that. That's not, that's not really what you mean. Is it, Jerry? <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, I think that's true. Um, no, certainly. I mean, there are some good companies on Wall Street. Uh, the problem is the majority of us are investing in mutual funds if we're on Wall Street, and it's very difficult there to separate the good from the bad. Right. Uh, you know, even those biblically screened mutual funds, they're trying to avoid the bad, but they're not able to really support the good for the most part. There's some mm -hmm. exceptions to that. For the most part, there's not any impact if you're investing on Wall Street. You know, if you really want your money to be serving, blessing others. Right. That's huge, man. All right. I got three big questions. First one, we got to define this idea of biblically based investing. Like, yep. what the heck do you mean? And how come, well, we won't get in. Let's not talk about why we're not talking about it yet, but we'll define it, explain it. Okay, I understand. Yeah, we don't want to invest in companies that support abortion or, or you know, or pornography companies. But no, no one really thinks they're doing that anyways, right? Like, so what does that really mean, biblically based investing? Yeah, so, so you're right. Like, you can't, you know, Playboy is not a publicly traded company that you can invest in, right? You right. can't buy their stock on, you know, the stock exchange. Um, what you can buy are pharmaceutical companies who, you know, they make a, a myriad of drugs, but some of them are abortion drugs. Uh, and so, you know, whenever they're selling that drug, the, the shareholders are profiting from, you know, those, you know, plan B, you know, drugs being sold. Um, most mutual funds have, you know, uh, cable companies and, and uh, you know, other types of, of media distributors who, you know, sell paper, sell pornography via pay-per-view and other, other ways like that, where we are profiting as part of their, you know, part of their operations there. Uh, you know, tobacco companies rely heavily on the addiction of their customers to be profitable. So, you know, like I don't have an issue with tobacco itself, um, but as a company, that's how they become so profitable is they get young people addicted and then they depend upon that addiction for life. And I don't believe, again, as a steward of God's money, that that's how he would want us to be profiting. There's too many other ways to make the returns that not only, again, avoid those bad things, but are a blessing to others. A lot of companies, you know, they may not be directly involved in the abortion industry, but they give money to Planned Parenthood and, you know, other companies like that. And again, as a shareholder, we're owners, you know, we're taking part in supporting what those companies support. Um, so to define it, uh, my definition has two parts. One is stewardship, that we are thinking about the fact that this is God's money and we are intentional about what we're profiting from. So that's one piece on the opposite side of the coin is, is impact. Uh, I believe that the Bible calls us to use all that God's entrusted to us for the benefit of others. You know, that's part of my definition of stewardship is for the benefit of others. 
Um, and there's some scriptural basis for that. But so, so I believe that if we're truly being, you know, biblical in our investments, those investments are going to help other people as well. Um, and, you know, lots of examples of that. So that was a great definition. So how do we, so you defined it, how do we find it? Like how, when we, that's a great, that's a question. How do we find this? How yeah. do we know this? Um, I think off Wall Street, it's pretty easy. Um, you just need to understand the investment. If you're going to invest in it, you should understand it anyway. So how is the company profiting? That's the you know big question. Where they, Where's their money coming from? How are they profiting? Am I supportive of that? Do I think that that, you know, is, w- would God be supportive of that? So, you know, I know we talk a lot about apartment, apartment renovations and multifamily investing and things on this podcast. So there, you know, we are taking a property that maybe no, maybe no one's living in it. Maybe it's not very safe or it's not in good condition and we're making it better. We're making it a, an affordable and a safe place for families to live. We're, we're helping more families be able to, you know, have good places to raise their families and, you know, plant their roots and be involved in churches or, you know, whatever. Right. Uh, that's certainly a good way of, of making money. Right. Um, and then is it, and if it is a being a blessing beyond how they're profiting, because the company could make widgets, <clears throat> they could sell soap. Obviously nothing immoral with selling soap, but it's probably not, you know, directly blessing the lives of anybody either other than we, we smell better. Um, but, you know, looking for those opportunities on the, so again, on the non wall street side, that's pretty easy to see. You know, if you understand how money is being made, um, how people are being impacted, that's, easier on the wall street side. It's a lot more difficult. I don't know if you want to talk about that. We can. Um, no, but I think what you just said is really massive. I want to repeat it. You said to this, at least in this sense, if you invest in it, you should be able to explain how it works or how it yep. makes money. I, like that sounds so obvious to me, but it's not like most of us invest in things. We have no idea how they work or we yeah no idea what the business model is. Why? Because we're really only worried about one number, which is ROI, right? Return on investment. And, and I make this case and I've just been writing a lot about this, you know, I, as, and again, I am so guilty of this man up to like up really until this show where like having guests like you on to help me un, like honestly wake me up a little bit and may help me realize like, wait, I am going to be held accountable for all of my life. Like, it, this is this idea, Jared, that like, you know, and I, I put it this way in an, a recent article, you know, this idea of, well, if you, you know, when you come before the Lord, you're going to be held as a parent accountable f- for your kids, right? We, we see that biblically. Who are your, you know, even the, the, the condition of an elder is, you know, there's something about parenting in there. And so, you know, it would be silly to think that we're going to come before God and, and he say, well, you know, let's look at the character of your kids and, and, and how you spent them. You say, well, hey, no, not, not necessarily. God, don't look at me. I hired a nanny, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, and it was the nanny's job to take care of my kids. That, that would be, that'd be ridiculous, right? To think yeah. it was, it's the nanny's job to take care or raise up our kids. But I think we do the same thing with our, we do the same thing with our money in the sense that I give it to a financial advisor and, and then trust or essentially they're held accountable now to the way that we steward our capital. And I just actually don't think that's biblical i don't think that's faith driven to think that um you know if we're called to be stewards of our resources and especially our investment capital that giving it to a financial advisor and having no idea really what's going on with it is really being faith driven in the way that we steward all of our resources would you agree with that oh yeah absolutely now i definitely come from a, a position of not being judgmental because 
like myself, most people have not thought of this before. You know, I'm guilty, I, man. That's why I yeah. say, like, dude, I, this is my conscience has been awoke to this because, yeah. like, I did this, you know, up until really this year. Yeah. So I would say, you know, I worked with a company a few years ago that, that you know, they had they had started the first, they've been the first company to successfully launch uh, biblically screened ETFs, exchange traded funds, and and they did a really good job of marketing. And um, so we we had you know hundreds of of people coming in over, you know, this first year that they really got them going. And so I was having all kinds of conversations and I'd say 95% of people, this was a new idea. Someone introduced them to the idea of biblically responsible investing, including myself, including, you know, even the CEO and all the leadership team of, of that company. Um, there's, there's very few people that were like, Hey, I was thinking about this and I Googled it and I found you, you know, like that, that's really rare. Um, so, but anyway, to our listeners, now you know, now you've heard, now you understand that we right. do have responsibility. So no, no longer is there ignorance. So um, a couple of questions. So this is great, man. I, I really like this. So there's a big thing here that you're mentioning, though, that you say that this gets a lot easier when you go off Wall Street. The tough thing, though, when people go to a financial advisor and any of these big companies that do financial advising, which, you know, we don't, we don't have to name them, but we all know who they are. We see them on TV and you probably yep. been, you probably sat down with one or probably you have one. The interesting thing about them is they only can show you things that are on Wall Street. So you're only seeing things that are traded on Wall Street. So how then you as a financial advisor, Jared, like that's a big piece that's maybe we need to talk about. Like how are you able to show things off of Wall Street to your clients? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, and, and that has taken a lot of intentionality, kind of back to that word. Um, I had to make the choice to you know, no longer work with a broker dealer. Um, and then I had to, you know, find, uh, so we won't get into the technical aspects of that. That's, that's boring and unimportant. Um, but broker dealers basically, or most financial advisors work with a broker dealer. And, and so they control <laughs> everything about it. You know, you can't offer any kind of investments that aren't a part of their platform. Um, and I knew like that level of, of control was just not going to work for me. So, um, so I am part of a registered investment advisor, an RIA. Um, and that is more of, you know, the people who charge a fee to manage portfolios and even there, 99% of them making that number up, it's probably, you know, probably accurate are still only, you know, using wall street investments. Um, so I had to find one who was okay, you know, with me using non wall street investments and be really intentional about that. And then there, I mean, I really don't know of very, very many, there's very, very few who are okay. So I just checked my business around that. Um, and then it did get, it did get interesting figuring out how can I recommend these investments to clients? How can I still be compensated? How can we do it in a way that keeps costs down as low as possible for, for investors? Um, so it, it was structuring my business with that plan in mind and finding the right kind of partnerships so that I could legally, you know, as a licensed investment advisor, advice on these types of investments and still do it right. all, you know, within the, the bounds of the law. So. so let's talk about this. So we have an investment firm, right? We're investing in syndication product, multifamily, large deals. We're raising money from private investors. Mm -hmm. So a guy like you, you have clients. Well, how, how does that work then for you to bring your clients to work with a company like us, who's providing an alternative investment outside of wall street, but how does that work in the sense of can you have your best, you, know, you have to have your client's best interest in mind. So there's can't be like this direct compensation, I imagine. How does that work then for you to actually go and find folks like us to re refer your clients to, but then also be profitable? Yeah. 
So I, I do help clients invest in non-Wall Street investments, and I can help clients invest in the biblical scheme mutual funds. It should be pretty obvious from our conversation. I prefer the non-Wall Street um, for a variety of reasons, primarily for the client's best interest, and it's more impactful and lots of, lots of good reasons. Right. Um, so for my investors, it depends on the investment. Um, one of the problems I found with the typical approach was that investor fees had a huge negative impact, you know, obviously a negative impact, but a bigger one than most people realize, uh, you know, families, again, were losing, most families would lose hundreds of thousands of dollars to investor fees. So like a 2% a year fee, which is very common. People don't think they're paying that much, but they are when you look at everything and go behind the scenes. That's what most, what most families are paying. Um, and it's costing them hundreds, hundreds of thousands. Um, so I am always looking for ways that I can help advisor or help clients, you know, invest with this without them having to compensate me. Uh, that is possible with some non-Wall Street investments um, and others it's not. So if it's not possible for me to get paid by that um, company, then, then I still charge my clients a fee just as if they were investing in mutual funds. Right. Um, and so, you know, the fee's the same. It's, so it doesn't matter whether they, you know, use this investment or this investment. It doesn't make a difference there. Um, so I can do that without, you know, conflict of interest. Oh, well, this one pays me more. So I'm going to go to that, you know, that that's not the case. So um, I, I can do it in a way that's just fair and equal across the board Got and it. still uh, yeah, serving them. All right. Two big questions here. Two, two folks I really have in mind, the investor and the advisor. Which one yep. you want to talk about first? Uh, advisor's fine. All right, let's shoot. Let's go advisors. <laughs> um, I'm excited about this one because I have a lot of advisor friends. I have family who's in the, yep. the world of advising. And this idea of biblical-based advising is blowing my mind. There's a, there might be a company on the rise already in my head right now. Jared, we'll have to talk <laughs> afterwards. Um, but I want to know top five, top 10 principles. If I'm, a, if I'm a financial advisor, I don't work for Biblical Wealth Solutions. I work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Our vision and motto is not, you know, our company's mission is not to honor Christ and advance his kingdom. How do I, as a Christian, really think biblically and, and from, a, from, a, from the core of faith and love for God and love for his people about advising? What, what are some principles you could, you would say, hey, here's, here's some help or here's some things to really begin to think through to serve your clients better and really honor Christ? I don't know about five to 10 principles per se, um, but I would, you know, for me, it was, it was being willing to ask difficult questions and, and dig deep um, being able to see if there, if this structure that I was working within was creating problems for my clients, whether it was limited investment selection. And so my clients are, you know, having to invest in, in, companies they wouldn't want to support, they wouldn't buy from, you know, um, but here we have them owning, you know, shares of that stock and, and profiting from them. And then also back to that, you know, fees and, and other types of losses. Are we doing something that's causing harm, you know, even, even if we're not doing that intentionally? And is there a better way, asking that question, is there a better way to do this? Is there a way that I can still stay in business and be profitable and, and better serve my my clients. So, so you know, using biblically screened mutual funds is, is one piece of it. I think it's a big piece of it. Um, but there's a lot of Christian advisors out there who do have their clients' best interest at heart, who do, you know, help them with debt management and, and having good protection in place and being stewards in other ways. Um, so I'll just encourage them to see if they have access to biblically screened funds, if they can get access to some biblically screened funds, you know, to, to incorporate into their practice. Um if not, 
then you have a, you know, you have a challenging question on your hands and some, some people choose to stay where they are and not rock the boat. And, you know, others, I've seen other advisors go and start their own firms. I mean, that was how, um, What's the biggest the ones, barrier going out starting your own firm? What keeps most oh people from doing it? Uh, if you have a non-compete, I mean, you can lose your book of business. I mean, you could lose your client base. I mean, that, that's definitely the biggest, that, that's huge. Um, not everyone has that issue. So if you can bring your clients along and start your own firm, then it's just, you got to, you know, do new paperwork, new branding, you become more of the boss, you have more responsibilities and things like that potentially. Um, but if you're talking about losing your, you know, your client base and starting over, that's, I've seen it done and I've seen it done successfully, but that's scary. Um, you know, I was fortunate that wasn't the case for me. So uh, I was fortunate to make those changes early enough that it, there was little loss and, and, and cost there, but that's the biggest barrier. Got it. Okay. I'm on the investor side. I work with an advisor who's not you. And, um, I don't, you know, maybe they're a Christian, maybe they're not, but I'm an investor and I, and I want to move from thinking about passively investing my wealth to intentionally th- about investing my wealth. I no longer want to hire a babysitter, right? Um, or maybe I have a babysitter and that's not going to go away because most people are too, honestly, the problem is most people are too busy to consistently keep their capital at work. That's why we have advisors, right? Mm-hmm. God bless them. How do, what are some principles for them, for that listener who's thinking, okay, this is eye-opening, but golly, like in order to really think wise about my capital, I have to quit my job in order to do it, right? So... <laughs> I don't want to do that or I can't do that. So what are some things that you would tell them, Jared? Yeah, I would say that you can be an intentional investor and still be a passive investor. So so that is why I partner with other active investors like you and others, you know, that that I work with um, who, you know, it is their full-time job. They are the full-time active investor. You know, this is their business. So I'm playing the role somewhat of, of middleman and finding those investment opportunities, you know, for my clients. So I still encourage my clients to do due diligence. I mean, obviously I'm doing due diligence before I'd ever recommend it to a client. I've done my own due diligence. I still encourage them to understand how does this company make money? You know, where, what are their operations? What are the risks? What are the opportunities there? I want them to understand it, but they're not having to go out and, and sort through hundreds of options and start networking and finding these deals. So I'm bringing, Hey, here's several that I think might make sense for you based on your goals and where you are. Let's talk about these. Does one of these stand out? Does three of these stand out? Okay, let me get you connected with them. Let's have these conversations. And so there's a little bit of you know, work on the front end to do the due diligence, to understand it. But then they get to be the passive investor, whether, again, whether that's through mutual funds or off Wall Street. Um, my clients are not trying to become full-time active investors you know, like you. They're, they're wanting to remain passive, but they can still right. do that and be biblically responsible and be intentional and understand how their money is making money and how it's having an impact. Well, how would they go to like, so I have a financial advisor. How do I go to him or her and, and begin like to have, a, you know, have this conversation? They've been investing my money for a decade or more, right? But yeah. you never really had this conversation. What would that look like? I think you just got to go and ask and say, hey, th- this came to my attention. You know, do you have any, you know, Wall Street investments that are biblically screened, you know, that are conscious of this, that are trying not to invest in this? So yes or no, they do or they don't. Um can you help me with non-Wall Street investments? You know, I'm interested in real estate. I'm interested in multifamily or some other type of non-Wall Street investment. Is that something you can help me with? If they can, great. If they can't, um, you know, then you think about how much money do you want to look at allocating to non-Wall Street versus Wall Street. You could still work with them um, for other needs. You could still let them manage mutual funds if that's something that you're interested in and, you know, go look for some non-Wall Street as well. Most of my clients don't just jump all the way out of the market. You know, they typically 
do one or two investments at a time. And, and then eventually they, they like those better and they move right. their way out of the market. Right. Who are your ideal clients, Jared? Um, I mean, Christian families, um, really the age demographic doesn't matter too much. I mean, we, we have great services for folks who are in their twenties and thirties and getting started and, you know, preparing to build wealth, already building wealth. Um, the younger folks, we can set them up to reap tremendous benefit, you know, from our biblical and better approach that we implement. Um, if it's someone who's already in their fifties, sixties, even seventies, and you know, there's a lot of that time is gone. Um, we certainly can still help them, you know, invest with stewardship, uh, and impact. We won't be able to have as big of an impact as we could on a, on a 30 or 40 year old. Um, but oftentimes we're still able to, to use some better approaches and, uh, and really get a lot more, uh, you know, bang for their buck and, and cash flow out of their money and, and get them in a better position as well. So, so H doesn't matter. Um, I'm looking for people who they, they hear us talking about this and they're passionate about this. If, right. if, if that's you, that would be an ideal investor. Yeah, no, and I, th- I think that's right on. You know, we talk a lot about real estate. You know, people, lshammond.com, come, let's go invest in real estate. But it, it can't be the only vehicle because as we've said this before, wealth is built in the private markets, but liquidity is found in the public markets. And mm-hmm. you can't be all in the private markets and have no liquidity, you know. So it there's a role in all of this. And so I'm glad to be able to have you on the show, man, and talk about what you're doing. And I, I hope people will... Um, will at least take the step of asking their advisor, you know, and talking through this. And if not getting in touch with you, man. And so if they want to be able to do that, where can they go? Yeah. I wanted to mention a couple of quick tools, Ellis. Um, so for someone who is interested in talking with their own advisor, uh, we offer what's called a stewardship report that's free. Um, so I'll send you a link that you can put on the show notes if that's what, you, if you want to do that. Um, but we can analyze your actual portfolio. If it's in the market, you know, if it's, well, if it's mutual funds, we can run a report and show you what is going on behind the scenes from a biblically responsible standpoint. So you can see this for yourself, you know, with your own dollars. Um, and you can take that report, take it to your advisor, That's begin a, a conversation. Hey, I'm all about good lead magnets, man. And that <laughs> is a great one. Do you it is. Run, a, it do is. You run I, ads, I agree. Do you run that on social media yet? Do you run ads to that yet? No, I probably should. Are you crazy, man? Like uh, maybe. That is, that's great. We got to, I'll help you with that. That's good stuff. Okay. Yeah. That'd be great. I'm, I'm happy to. Um, so, so that'd be a great tool to begin a conversation with your advisor. Say, Hey, look, I'm investing in these companies and now I know that they support or profit from these things that I'm really not okay with. What do we do about it? Um, Excellent. And, and also I've, I've recently released a book like you, uh, the biblical and better financial approach. I'll send you a link for that. Uh, it's really, a goes a little more in depth than we got to cover here today, but it's also short, like a 17 page, you know, book, uh, giving a real overview to biblical wealth solutions as a whole, lots of links to resources and things there. So I mean, between those two resources, uh, people can learn a whole lot. I love it, man. Um, I've been incredibly blessed by this convo, man. This has been awesome. Um, what's your website? Biblicalwealthsolutions.com. Okay. Biblicalwealthsolutions.com. Come. Um, everyone, make sure everyone make sure you go check that out. We've we've talked about so much today, man, which I just think has been awesome. I I love your story that you, like me, thought you needed to be a career missionary to really serve God and advance His kingdom. And as we know, man, the marketplace is an incredible way to be a, a saint, like to be a saint for the kingdom, right? To go in and and, yeah. and, and be a a mover and a shaker for Christ. Um, you know, we've talked about this idea of, of biblically responsible investing. And again, if you don't know how it works, why are you investing in it? Um, you know, you quit, you, you, you are still held responsible or will be held responsible for the way um, and, and what your capital does. 
Uh, we talked about some great principle, principles for advisors being able to ask tough questions and look at the details and really considering your clients first. Um, and then being an intentional investor and a passive investor is possible. Um, yep. Moving from just passivity, but to also intentionality as well. So I love that, man. We'll make sure folks get the stewardship report and also your book in the show notes. Everyone, thanks. If you enjoyed the show, make sure you uh, screenshot this, share it on LinkedIn, on Facebook right now. Like this will take you 30 seconds. Tag Jared, like me, is crushing it on LinkedIn. He's putting out great content. So make sure you tag him, you tag me. We got to get this message out. Um, and again, if you're interested in learning more about multifamily, we've talked a little bit about that today as well. EllisHammond.com is where you can head. So thanks for every, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Hey, just because the show's over doesn't mean the journey is. Listen, if you are a faith-driven real estate professional or investor, then you'll want to go to the KingdomREI.com to learn about our mastermind. If you're interested in investing alongside me in alternative investments like multifamily apartment complexes, then head to EllisHammond.com to learn more about that. Cheers. Cheers.